Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ah, yes, we have made it to the final show of the year, the Shelter Sportcast, coming to you from the Back Chat Studios. Uh, Of course, that's the Southern River Band, uh, the local boys out of Thornley doing some of their finest work. Mondays, Thursdays, through the course of summer, we've been rolling through uh, some of the best moments. uh, WA themes, socials at Shelter, Sportcast, Footycast. We've got uh, shelterbrewing.com.au, of course. The beer is magnificent. I drank a bit too much of it last night watching the World Cup. But Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton. Get down there over the uh, Christmas break and have a look. Mark Reddings alongside Chris Coyne. And uh, what shall we say except what a night for the world game. Yeah, wow. Wow. It was um, one of the best games of football I think I've seen in a, on a, in a long time. It had all the theatre. It had goals. It had everything. So even for a neutral, they, they could rock back and just go, what a game of football that was. So fitting end to what I think has been a, a, a really, really good World Cup. Park all the other shit that's going on off the, off the field and all the issues they've had there. But I think in terms of the sports side of it, I thought it was um, very, very, very good. Amazing finish, going down to penalties. We'll discuss that in depth. Uh, these are our big moments of the weekend. And I have to say, the good, the bad and the ugly, your sport has owned all of those three departments, it's, including a really bad uh, bad night in Melbourne at the Derby. It's amazing how we always do it to ourselves. And everyone's riding the euphoria, the World Cup, the, the Socceroos doing so well. And then it takes a bunch of idiots to just go and throw it back in the dustbin. It's just... I'm not going to say they're fans. There's no way they're football fans, but the affiliation they've got with the game, they've got to come down on them really hard. And I don't know whether it's jail terms or whether it's lifetime bans, but we need to eradicate, eradicate this from the sport because it's just not acceptable. Yeah, I think two of the nine uh, who may have been involved in some shape or form have come forward to either hand themselves in or certainly the vision is clear enough that yeah, they have, to, clear, have yeah. to come forward. So that's that'll have a, a very interesting uh, sequel to find out what sort of bans. And, and in brief, Victory supporters, obviously, are going to be focused on it. Can the club be penalised in any shape or form? Yeah, I'm not sure. I've, I've read a bit, um, obviously, because it's been massive news, especially in our world, but um, I've read a bit where they're looking at maybe sanctioning, you know, um, no fans at games or whatever, but do they hit the club with points? So the clubs have then got to be more accountable for the actions of, of their fans. But 
the way that the ticketing's done over here in Australia, in the UK, you have to have a, your driver's license or a form of ID to get the ticket. Over here, you can just say, Coiny, do you want to come to the game with me? And you just buy mm. four or five tickets. So until we put a process in place so that we know that every ticket holder is going to be identified, how can you hold the club accountable? Because that ticketing process doesn't specify who's going to be in the ground. Speaking of tickets, if I'd bought tickets for day three, day four, or day five of the Gabba Test, I'd have done my day. Well, not done my day, but no action. Inside two days, uh, I'm not sure how much you caught of it, Corny, but that that was an extraordinary test match under extraordinary circumstances with a pitch that was as green as those uh, ferns over there. Mate, it was scary. And and usually the Gab is a good, honest test match. You know, it's always got a bit, bit on it early on. And then once you get yourself in, you know, you've got a chance of making some runs. And I was looking at the scorecard yesterday and it was like duck two, 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 three, whatever. It's like no one wants... We, listen, I'm a purist. I love my test cricket. But we can't start seeing games that are over in two days and there's 34 wickets and no runs. It's it's not good for the, the, the sport and I think they really need to have a look, the curator especially, the Gabba needs to have a look at himself. Tell you what, the pace bowlers from both sides were outstanding and South Africa, they'll take a bit of heart out of taking four poles in the second innings but yeah, it's a, a too short and the curator will face uh, some scrutiny off the back of that. They are the big moments from the weekend that was. Mark Reddings and Chris Coyne, of course, former Socceroo, assistant coach at the Glory and a, a World Cup aficionado. He's been outstanding since we've had him on the, the show. Uh, we'll work our way up the table, so to speak. And I uh, had an interest in Croatia versus Morocco on uh, the other night. And not a bad game of football between uh, the two sides chasing third posse. Yeah, I thought it was a good game. You could see the pressure valve had been released, couldn't you? They just played with that bit of freedom. So pretty pleased for Croatia. I think Modric and that group that they've had over the last 12 years that was probably the icing on the cake after being so close um, all these years. But, um, you know, new generation of Croatian footballers coming through. But the, the big thing for me is the Moroccans. Let's, you know, watch this space. I thought they were a really exciting team. And hopefully, you know, they can they can start building again. Because like, they're a decent team throughout, throughout the 80s. So it'd be good to see them get back up there again. Are they a young side, Morocco, that they took to Qatar? Relatively young, yeah. They had a couple of experienced boys in there. But, yeah, relatively young group. So it'll be interesting to see how they build. And what about Croatia, in a nutshell? They last, well, I guess last decade of World Cup-wise, they've been terrific. And they're punching well above in, in terms of up against these these power nations. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's such a small population as well they've got there. So I know it's their, their national sport, but um, what the Croatians really done well is they set a, a youth system up that was to develop that Modric era, that 36-year-old, and that's where all those um, those players have been, br- um, been brought up through. So it shows you that if you get your systems right, get your processes right, you can produce players. 11th World Cup in a row where the third place has been taken out by a European side. But as you said, Morocco, a team on the up. And have to say that uh, that'll be a, a huge fillet for them, for the sport in uh, in Morocco and what they can do going forward. So um, Croatia winning 2-1. A couple of nervy moments at the back end of that match for Croatia. I was yeah, watching that. Was, yeah. I had them uh, to win Croatia. And I was just getting a little bit tense. Um, yeah. in, the, there was in the last 10 seconds, there was a header uh, just outside the, the penalty area, I think it was. It was, uh, yeah, they got across the line, but it was... They got there, but it was a great game. Good, exciting football, and, and they both both teams went out and played with that freedom. So you, your money was safe in the end, but it was uh, it was an interesting game. Yeah, we've parked the uh, third and fourth because let's be honest, it's all about last night and Argentina, France, and Buenos Aires. I'm not sure if you've seen the pictures out of, out of Buenos Aires at the moment. It is just going off, as you can imagine, after what we witnessed last night. You said the best World Cup final you've, you've seen. The two performances by the two superstars, Messi. And and his French counterpart Mbappe were they are they in a new 
level when it comes to World Cup performances, those two guys? I think so. I mean, Mbappe obviously becoming the first player to score a hat-trick since Jeff Hurst in 66. So, you know, straight away he's created himself. Is his birthday today? Oh, is it really? I think he's 23. 23. I mean, and that's the scary thing, right? So he's already hitting those heights. And he's still got so much room for improvement as well. So I think we saw the end of one goat, and I think the beginning of the, of the next last night. Interesting you say that because I, I was driving to work earlier this morning um, after uh, watching the match, and it was mentioned that Mbappe could be paid, I'm not sure if it's a career-wise moving forward, but a billion dollars. Does that, I mean, that, that can't be right, surely. Wouldn't be far off it. Really? Wouldn't be far off it. I reckon he's probably on at the moment... Would it be on 250,000 euros a week? So by the time he gets to his um, retirement, age. retirement age, yeah, he'll have a decent super and set up, won't he? Uh, um, unbelievable. Um, it's scary. And then you've got to remember all the endorsements and he's a saleable asset as well, isn't he? You know, he presents well and, and all the rest of it. So who knows what the sky is for, for that guy. He's, um, I don't think he's got any ceiling in terms of his football, but also his earning potential. Hey, we all thought that Leo Messi was going to sail off into the sunset, which in the World Cup since years, but... He's declared that he wants to continue playing for Argentina because they're the champions and he's got some petrol in the tank. Is that just the aftermath of a victory and wait till the reality of actually going out there and playing a, yeah. a, a Puparama match? I think so. I, I mean, it's it's so easy to say things like that when you're caught up in all the euphoria and he's just ticked one of the biggest boxes. You know, that Maradona tag, the, you know, he, that's the only thing he's never won, et cetera, et cetera, you know. But um, watching him last night, there's no reason to say he can't play on, to be honest, because he was... He was very good, but it was funny. We were sitting there watching the game last night, and I said, especially in the second half when um, France got back into it, that's what happens when you defend with 10 players because Messi literally sparked the biggest Monte Cristo cigar you've ever seen, and he was just, <laughs> just strolling about. But every time he got the ball, he just made that magic happen. So I suppose when he's given that luxury within that team with the qualities that he brings, there's nothing to say that he can't go again and potentially, you know, get, I don't know if he's got another four years in him, but maybe another... Um, Copper Americas or Copper Libertadores or whatever whatever they call it. Um, third World Cup triumph for Argentina, their first since '86. But half time, I think. Give me your honest answer. They're two 0 to the good. Uh, the penalty that they they were all over France. France looked like they were completely cooked. Did you give them any chance of getting back into that match? No, none whatsoever. I thought the way the Argentinians played in the first half, that was as good a performance as I've seen in a long, long time. And it could have been three or four, but in football, it's funny. You'd rather be one nil up than two nil up. And it sounds stupid, but it's that false sense of security where you think, oh, we've got a buffer there. But once the other team gets that goal, like we saw when Mbappe scored last night, all of a sudden that momentum just swung massively, didn't it? And it took him about 30, 40 minutes to arrest it back into extra time. So... I had I thought they were dead. I thought it was game over. Get some sleep because we we're over in Sydney, obviously. So I was thinking, new beauty. I might get a couple of hours here before we fly. But um, glad I didn't. Now it was an unbelievable game. Unbelievable uh, game. And almost towards the end of regulation, you felt well. They've got these two goals in the space of a, a minute. Um, they looked more likely to go on and win it at that that stage. Yeah, and they looked like they had more gas in the tank as well. Like they were running the game out really, really hard and. It was um, it was so end to end, and it was so transitional. Once they started getting tired, it was one of them where we'll attack and you attack. And I mean that save that Martinez made in the what was that 119th minute or whatever mm. it was, um, one of the best saves in in World Cup history. And then Argentina go up the other end after that save and almost score again. So it was pulsating stuff, and it was um, yeah, just a cracker. Goals. It had everything. It literally had everything. And of course, the drama continued through extra time. And I guess. 
when you get to the realisation, probably three or four minutes out, you thought from penalties, the, the, the sense of dread almost amongst fans, amongst everyone, because it's drama, but... Gee, there's always the agony and ecstasy, isn't there, Corny? Yeah, it's a weird one because when my old man was playing in the in America, they had a thing where they dribbled from the halfway line and it was like a one-on-one that they, they, they trialled. A bit like hockey does a bit S- of that. Similar. It's very similar. I suppose that's where they probably got it from. So, And he said that was probably a fairer sort of way of doing it. But, I mean, penalties are penalties. I don't like them. I'd rather the game settled in, in normal time because penalties is, is a lottery. It's 50-50 and... At the end of the day, I think the goalie made. I just think he filled his goal. He's just a bigger presence. Yeah, but he, he looks six five, six five, six six. Yeah, just he's a big he's an imposing. Yeah, like, and you just felt sorry for it. Look, the pressure's on the on the kicker, really. It isn't is, it? yeah, hundred percent. It is, and I mean, I was shit at penalties. I took two and missed two, so I, I used to get sent to the back of the queue. <laughs> but um, it's just weird. Some people are either really comfortable taking them. I just don't know what it was with me. I just didn't like taking penalties and I never got nervous, but I just didn't like, you know, some people are good good at doing them and some aren't. And I thought the Argentinians, the way they went about it last night, Messi's again with that cigar. I think so he had cool. it down his sock and he just rolled it into the corner. It's like, dude, you've got 1.5 billion people watching yeah. you and you just got the audacity to walk up and just roll it in. It was like, fair play to you. Absolutely. So if we don't settle in penalties, which we know that'll, that'll continue, what was... Keep playing extra time. Is that well, they had that golden goal that they brought in. So if you scored within that period, then that was the the winner. And I think it was two five minutes, or you kept changing every five minutes. I, I actually that. prefer that. Yeah, I, I think so. I think a goal in normal time, but the problem is it's how long's a piece of string, and then players and you're talking about player welfare and injuries, and they've got to go back to their club. So I think penalties is is a fair way of doing it. It's just not. You know, it's not my preference. Yeah, exactly. So, but, I mean, as you say, France lose no admirers given nah. they had two or three of their, their best players... Superstars. Out, out, the, ...out the back door unable to play. Yeah, they had some superstars missing. So, French football, you know, with that generation, and we're talking about Mbappe, but the rest of the squad's about that average age as well. So, they'll be, you know, powerhouses in world football for the next next few years very, very easily. Yeah, it's, uh, and obviously the audience was huge last night, and, and the drama... Look, as we've touched on, there's some, some poor headlines in Australia, but that is the best advertisement you're going to get for... The sport last night. That's yeah, oh, mate, it's massive, and that's why I don't know if it's there's more viewers than the the Olympics, but that's why it's a world game. There was just so much excitement there. I mean, I love all sports, but the, you know, there's just something about that that theatre and that drama that that goes on with football. And you know, we were spoiled last night with so many goals, but it can just be those little individual moments. And like I said, we just saw two of the best um, on the pitch going toe to toe, and it was um, great way for that World Cup to finish. Yeah, extraordinary uh, penalties, and it was uh, the World Cup final that we were waiting for because Qatar had been through so much. Um, I guess there was a lot of criticism about even going there, but the quality of football over the the rounds it was terrific. I, I thought I read some of they might change that up for the next World Cup in terms of how they go through the group stages. I'm not sure if that's something you've come across in the last yeah, week or two. Was that increasing the number of teams? I think so. To 64, I think I might have read. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's all That's all fine and well, but you've got to remember if we're having the World Cup at certain periods, they've still got club football. So the top players in the world, because they'll be in the Champions League, mm. they'll be competing for the, the Premiership or La Liga or wherever they're playing, playing their trade. They're playing upwards of 60, 70 games a year with all the travel and all the rest of it. So I just don't know by increasing the amount of group games and, and teams in there, they still need a rest. And if they're going into camp for four weeks, then they're going to the World Cup for five weeks, they're straight back into the Premier League or into the season that they're in. And at the end of the day, that's the one that pays their mortgage. Not well, they probably don't have one. Some of them, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> not when they're on two fifty a week. But um, 
you know, that's their bread and butter. They've yeah. got it. They've got it. You know, so I'm all for it because I think this tournament was a fantastic advertisement for the game. But I think they've also got to be mindful that the clubs, you know, they've got to go back to their clubs and be able to represent them fully as well. You've got the glory cap on and the T-shirt. Obviously, having just arrived back from Sydney, best we touch on the boys yesterday. Didn't get a result. 1-0. MacArthur, um, I think they scored the 68th or 70th minute. About 70, About yeah. 70 minutes. Uh, did you create Robbed. enough chances? Robbed. Turn it up. We? We, mate, we should have been three or four up really? at half time. We absolutely demolished them and... Clear-cut chances as well. So, you, you, I mean, you can't level the blame on the attackers. If, if it was easy, everyone would do it. But we've got to score them. Um, and then all of a sudden, you're going in at half-time at 3-0 and the whole the whole dynamic of the game changes. And in the second half, it got a bit tense. They got on top for five, ten minutes. Dwight York changed it up a little bit. But um, it was always going to be that, that odd goal after we didn't take our chances. And unfortunately for us, it was a set-piece, second phase. Ball comes in and... And one of the young boys, he's still learning his trade. He's only 19, just lost his man for that split second, and it's good night Vienna. But uh, even Dwight York afterwards said the best team didn't win today. So it doesn't make it any um, more digestible, but we know we're close. We know that, you know, without putting too much pressure on Tag's shoulder, if he's in that six-yard box yesterday, we know the ball's in the back of the net because Tag's, that, that is what he brings to the table. So that's no disrespect to the boys that, that done really, really well yesterday, but it's the difference. Those fine margins, those lines are, are the difference between coming home with three points or our tail between our legs. Yeah, so defensively, you're pretty comfortable with pretty the teams sound. at? Yeah, and we played some great stuff yesterday. Some of the best football we've played. So the result was disappointing, but the process and the way we're going about it is good. And if we can strengthen come January, then you know we're in a pretty good place. And that's when tags will arrive and, and give you some extra meat and potatoes in attack inside that forward third, which is essentially, if you can create, you know, have that class to finish off, it becomes all the much better. That is World Cup A-League. Chris Coyne, Mark Reddings on the Shelter Sportcast. Uh, now, speaking of not scoring much, Corning, as your side did yesterday, what about, what about the Thunder in the Big Bash out for 15? I don't think we've touched on this scoreline, but um, you like me went... What's this 15? That's sundries? No, that's it. that was their innings. 15. Lowest Could ever. I not believe it. I thought one, because one of the, like a few of the boys know a lot of my cricket and they've gone, oh, no, the 15. I went, oh, piss off. Could not believe it. So straight away, I was straight on the cricket live scores and it was like duck, duck, two, duck, duck, five, whatever. And it was, was it six balls or whatever you were saying? It was the max. It's like, come on, guys. That they must have had something on it. Was someone's wedding, or they must have had a function on it. it was just rolling get and out, roll of out. Yeah, it was extraordinary, unheard of. No, exactly. And let's be honest, the, the batters have struggled in a few of the matches. Even at the Optus Stadium on Saturday, the Scorchers off to a flying start. Terrific effort against the Sydney Sixers, but they were four for forty-nine, made one fifty-five, and then our fast bowling sort of group of Richardson and and Berendorf and Kelly uh, came to the party and we got across the line. It's great attack, isn't it? It's good. Great attack. And you've got that change up with Berendorf who can take the pace off it. And mm. Joe Richardson, when he's hitting the deck hard, he can cause all sorts. So, now it's a good start for the Scorchers. Obviously, you know, they lost a few on the on the lead up. So, it's always good when they do well. It's a good atmosphere down at, down at Optus when they're playing. Uh, we talked about the uh, length of the test match at the Gabba. Uh, what about the length of the career of David Warner? I think he's averaging about 17 uh, during this summer. A couple of hundred runs next to his name, but clearly a double failure in Brisbane. Does he get the luxury of seeing out test two and three? I think he probably will. I think so. I think just because he's earned it. I think over that long period of time, he's, he's more than likely David Warner, whenever he's been in these ruts before, just goes out. Do you remember the, the innings he played at the Wacker? I think it might have been India. Mm. And he just came out. I think he made a double ton that day and he just blazed. I think he made a, almost 100 in a session. So he comes out fighting. Unfortunately, when you've got 
bowlers throwing throwing a cherry down at you at 145, 150. I've just started wearing my specs now at 43. It catches up with you. Um, so whether it's the um, whether it's the eyes going or the reflexes, who knows? But when you're facing fast bowling, though, that's I mean, well, you, what are they talking? Uh, point two of a second, point yeah, three. Yeah, and these, like, the South Africans are elite in that department, as are the Australians. So, yeah, look, I, I think Ricky Ponting says he deserves to go out when he wants to go out. But by the same token, there's an Ashes series coming up over in England, and of course, he hasn't really performed over there, particularly mm. against Stuart Broad. So, fascinating to see whether whether Davy keeps his spot in the team. I'd like to see him see the summer out, though. I yeah. think he's earned the right to play yep. the next two, and then it's up to him. Then, if he makes runs, he's maybe on that that plane across to to the Ashes, but we've also got a lot of young talent coming through as well. So sometimes someone's misfortune is another one's opportunity. So we're, we're sporting in Australia that we've got this young talent pool coming through. So it might be an opportunity for someone else. Yeah, Boxing Day test, not far away. So it's a great tradition, is it? Getting up Love after it. Chrissy. Uh, it's an early start over here, I think, seven... What be seven o'clock, seven thirty? The first ball is yeah, bowled. That's great. And at least we've got two teams. South Africa showed enough to me. Their batting's still a bit, bit tender. Bit but... yeah. But with the ball, I thought they were good, and they looked sharp. They looked aggressive. So typical South African bowling attack. But yeah, Boxing Day. It doesn't matter who they're playing, does it? You've got all that leg ham left over and oh. straight, straight in the frying pan. <laughs> and away you go. And um, away you go. Mitch Stark, got to say, well done. Three hundred Test wickets. And you go back six, twelve months, and the, the late great Shane Warne, he was, was potting him pretty regularly. Um, this bloke who gave up his chance to go to the IPL, uh, obviously big money there, to, to concentrate on playing the long-form cricket. Um, everyone who knows him says he's a ripping bloke, and obviously the numbers say that he's one of our best ever in, with a fast bowling department. I just think, do you know what, when you see him coming in all six foot five, six foot six, and he's, he's so fluid as well in his action, and when he's got that, I remember the New Zealand game at Optus, um, pink test, uh, pink ball test, mm. and he comes steaming in that day, and the thing was doing all sorts. Of, it was exciting. He's got that, yeah, he goes for runs and he can be loose, but if he's throwing them down and trying to do all sorts with the ball, I'd, I'd rather that. That's the beauty of Test cricket. You're not, you've got the luxury of losing twenty or thirty. But if you take two for in the in the same process, then that's the beauty of Test cricket. You know, you've got that bit of wiggle room where you can give a few runs away. But I think he's he's exciting, and you don't end up with them numbers unless you're you're good at what you do. And the longevity he's had as well as a fast bowler. So that's the other thing. You know, his body's looked after his body well. Who is your who is your fast bowling? If you love your cricket, who was the bloke you sort of thought, geez, he's... Growing he, up? Yeah. Curtly. Big Curtly. Curtly Ambrose. I w- watched him at the Wacker once. Not that Tommy took seven for one, a spell of no, seven for one. <laughs> no, um, I forget, I can't remember what the score was, but, mate, watching him and then the wicketkeeper was stood about five, six <laughs> metres outside the 30 and I'm just sitting there going, wow. Love Merv Hughes as well. Merv was like growing up in that sort of 80s and 90s, but um, Craig McDermott, but Curtly Ambrose, once I saw him live, I was just like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. He's a genius, wasn't he? And quite a funny man, apparently. He plays a bit of music. And my the memory of, of Big Curtly is the late, great Dean Jones asking if he can remove his sweatbands. And a one-day <laughs> international at the SCG. And Curtly was none too impressed. I think knocked him over about two balls later. This is the Shelter Sportcast. Mark Reddings alongside Chris Coyne. Right, Corny, as we wind down towards uh, a full stop for the year, uh, just throw one at you here. Have a think. The Shelter XPA X Factor. We're trying to look for the best WA sports man or woman for 2022. Um, yeah, yeah, WA. That, that's I don't know. Be... I mean, female, would we sort of look at Minji Lee for, for what she achieved? Good, good shout. Really good shout. So, you know, internationally, she's been there or thereabouts. So... 
I think she's had a cracking year. I mean, Sam Kerr is Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr's been doing it for years. So she's had another great year. And, and I think, did she finish in the top five of the, the I think Ballon so, d'Or? Again. Yep. again. So she's she's world class. But I think Minji Lee, you know, I, I, there's something about those individual sports, that the discipline and the, the how tough it is for them. You know, you look at the top tennis players, they, they are elite. Because there's no one to help you pack your bags. It's like it's you yeah. against. Well, you mentioned so. tennis. I mean, Matty Ebden uh, winning uh, a Grand Slam doubles. Yeah, uh, he's he's done himself done very prep. well. Yeah. So, so are this... we missing anyone that we should be throwing into the into the mix from uh, best male or female sports person for 2022? Cam Cam Green had a good start, didn't he? Yeah. So and then he sort of dropped off a little bit. But um, I think Minji Lee's probably been. The most successful off the top of my head, you put yeah. it on the spot there. I know, well, I was only just I read the broader <laughs> cue there. Oh, geez, we just start thinking about that. But yeah, it's it's been footy wise, nothing to shout home about. Pretty average, no. let's be honest. And no one's Andy Brayshaw had a really good good year. Yeah. Good year, I think finished uh, high up in the in the Brownlow uh, West Coast struggle street for them. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think the women. I think you got to say the women were, were dominant. Minji Lee outstanding. Well, Richie Smith, I don't know if you're the coach of, of Minji, Hannah Green. I mean, he's, he's doing really good work with, with those young golfers. So well done to, to Minji and Sam Kerr, of course, who's uh, flying the flag over there on the other side of the country. Now, Coiny, uh, over the next few weeks, you're going to down tools, relax, or work? Is it back to glory, work. full on? But yeah, back, day off tomorrow, uh, back in Wednesday, game Friday. Luckily, um, the way it falls this year, we managed to get Christmas Day off um, and Boxing Day, which would be great. So I'll definitely be watching the cricket um, Boxing Day. But then from there, we go um, Adelaide away on the second, back here to Perth. We play second, sixth, tenth, fourteenth, and twenty-first. So how many home games? You obviously started away with quite a few. Have you, yeah, you, four out of the next five, or five out of the next six, I think it is. So we start with Wellington at home on on Friday night, which will be a cracker. They're they're for me, I think, the best team in the A League. Okay. So they haven't got the the same star power that Melbourne City have got on paper, um, but uh, Ufi Tale at Wellington, they are a top top notch team. Um, off the back of that. I believe you've got, uh, there's a request, I've just got a text through, that uh, your son wants to go and do some, some netting this afternoon. Yeah, he's off his head. I've just got off a four-hour flight, and he's like, Dad, can we go down the nets? And I said, dude, it's 35 <laughs> degrees. I've got every intent. I only had three hours sleep last night as well while we're on the plane Watch after watching the footy. I'm definitely getting a, a little cheeky nana nap on the couch. Absolutely. Oh, last night we had Simon Beaumont 60th, and uh, we sang, we drank, we watched football. It was a great Great, Sounds like a great, great night. Sunday night. Only problem is Monday morning came around comes far, around too quick, far doesn't it? <laughs> too quickly. Um, by the way, uh, the Shelter Footycast slash Shelter Sportcast will be back in early January. I think Scoey's going away about three weddings in the next three weeks around the country, so uh, he's going to be doing his best work uh, down south and elsewhere. Uh, keep an eye on our social media for when we will be returning. We're not quite sure, uh, Dan, but some sometime mid January, once uh, once we get rolling with a bit of footy and cricket, sort of. Yep, we got some big bash, and then um, we'll bring Coiny back when the A League finals starts to come around. Yeah, because you're going to be playing. You'll be able to sit back and watch, won't you? I hope, well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> just, I hope not. Just, Otherwise, <laughs> I'll be down at Centrelink. <laughs> little little drive by for Prof Coiny. Now with the Glory boys, we want to see them up and running. Uh, just quickly, you've got a match this Friday, I believe. Is it yep. Wellington? Wellington, yeah. Is there still a plan amongst supporters to do the, the walkout? Allegedly. Uh, I hope it's a peaceful walkout so we don't see the, the fiasco we saw the other day. Uh, listen, I'm all for it. We, we said it the other week, you know, that the, the fans have got every right to do what they want, but they haven't got the right to storm the pitch and, and behave the way they did the other day. That's just deplorable. It's a disgrace. Yeah, well, Corny, um, as you know, 
the World Game has taken over uh, this studio over the last month, and you've been a key component to that. So thank you so much, my friend, for being uh, – well, giving us the knowledge, the expertise, a bit of humour. And humor. the tip, picked Argentina. You did tip Argentina as well. So, In fact, yeah, guess what? 2-1, we were beaten by Argentina. We probably came as close to anyone, Australia. The only team that beat is France and Argentina. <laughs> exactly. That's our, that's our claim to fame now. Exactly. But, mate, yeah, your, your crystal balling was terrific. Uh, you did everything you had to do. So we're looking forward to seeing you and hearing you in the new year. Thanks to Dan for the great work in 2022. Of course, to SCOE for running the whole conglomeration down here and uh, he had the big story with Justin Langer he got uh, a bit of heat over that but uh, he put the helmet on he's back out there and doing his best work and we will be back next year you can email us at footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au uh, at shelterfootycast on Instagram as well Dan the man's all across the socials have a great safe and Merry Christmas we'll catch you in 2022 Corny well have played one brother Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.